Hi, I'm Tessa. And I'm Elliot. And this is Tessa and Elliot Argue. Do you like weird headlines? Guy on Ambien accidentally proposes to girlfriend, wakes up and doesn't remember any of it. Florida gun owners plan to shoot at Hurricane Irma. Plane forced to turn back after mother forgets newborn at airport. If any of this caught your attention, you can find us at TessaElliotArgue.com. We come out every Sunday morning. Check us out. ready to go absolutely yes let's go all right hello and welcome to next to nothing the show where we talk about gaming on a budget i'm your host danny k with me as always i have mr green elite hey how's it going <laughs> were you were you expecting me to I, say padre first no i was expecting you to be like how you doing mr green elite like you do every oh. week i you, i you, physically heard i physically heard the windows reboot sound in that <laughs> <laughs> oh he's talking to me oh, yes okay okay, okay. Um, i'm doing fantastic danny how are you i'm you? doing very very well uh my other co-host is with me today how you doing padre oh i'm doing well how are you how is everyone I'm doing well. I think everyone is doing well in uh, chat. We have a special guest this week, kind of breaking our uh, every other week rule here. We have Aodan. How you doing, Aodan? What's up? I'm doing great. A little tired. A little tired. <laughs> <laughs> you just blasted through some uh, push-ups and burpees, and uh, man, I've got to I've got to commend you. When I do workouts on stream, it's I I do it begrudgingly and with no vigor, dude. You were just right there just ready to rock and roll oh yeah feeling feeling it did what 50 50 push-ups timber last like 10 minutes stop making me feel bad about myself <laughs> hey said... you you skipped the workout that's on you that's on you. i i could physically hear sounds that no human body should make come from danny when he works out on stream <laughs> a lot of crying a lot of sobbing there... <laughs> you're looking around is there a swamp hag in here like what is so is that a uh... gurgling <laughs> just real quick for the folks who don't already know you uh Aodan, uh tell everyone uh what you do and where people can find you here at the top of the show okay um so i'm Aodan. i am a dauntless speedrunner i've been doing speedrunning in a lot of online multiple player games division two warframe so i mean i'm not new to it but dauntless is my flavor of now almost three years of playing the game um other than that i did a guinness world record for longest gaming marathon playing an arpg with dauntless and i've placed uh top five multiple times both in solo and group on trials which is the uh tournament slash competitive game mode of dauntless awesome and uh where can people find all your stuff how can people keep up with you um, you guys, I'm actually partnered with uh, StreamerLink, so you can type in streamerlinks.com slash Aodan. You'll get, I do game reviews as well on GameSpace. Um, I'm going to be doing some hardware reviews as well. Um, and then my Twitter is super active, so if you ever want to hang out with me or get my hot take on something, hit me up on Twitter. But uh, Twitter is at uh, Aodan TV, and then all my other social medias are either Aodan TV or A Aodan. But streamerlinks.com slash Aodan, you'll have all my links there. 
Excellent. Uh, for those who are watching live, I did just drop that in the chat. Anyone who is uh, watching the VOD or listening on the audio only, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, uh, on the like, um, the link will be down in the episode description uh, below. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, and one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on was because you are uh, such an avid Dauntless player. I didn't feel qualified to talk about it. I did uh, bring Rebsven on to talk, uh, or I did uh, I did get him invested in the game, um, and I think you guys met uh, just on Twitch from that. But let's talk about Dauntless. It's gotten through some updates since the last time we talked about it. I think the last time we talked about it on the show was right after the Austin Repeaters update. So uh, let's just have you make a case for Dauntless. Why should people check out Dauntless and what's new with it? I mean, the repeaters, I mean, even though that, you know, really wasn't that long ago, that was a long time in terms of game development. Um, the devs typically push out new content or new patches every other week. Um, right now, they're at a cadence of almost every two to three months releasing brand new content. Um, I've been playing the game for almost three years. February will be my my third three-year birthday in the game. Um, I've been playing as a alpha technical tester, so almost from the beginning. Um, the game is, a lot of people are going to twitch at this, but it's a more arcadey, streamlined version of Monster Hunter World, but with more Dark Soulsy type combat. So there's a lot of commit commitment in the combat. You can't just uh, frame cancel everything. Um, you're much more locked into your attacks combos are like everything in it um other than that like getting into the gear getting into making good builds or even doing speed running like you can get in it pretty quick and as soon as you start picking up uh the game or you go and view like a streamer or somebody who knows the game it's very quick to pick up so you're not spending months at a time trying to get into the game or get to a point where you're like, oh, hey, I'm familiar with this game now. It could literally be a couple of weeks. It could be a month. It's all a matter of uh, pace for yourself. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say for like people who are interested in checking out Dauntless, uh, because it is free to play. Um, it's also cross-platform, which means that even Padre and I can play together. Um, what are some like with the uh, a lot of the recent updates um you know what what have been like the key factors that keep bringing you into it right now well like you said cross play is definitely one of the best things like i love cross play i can play with anybody i don't have to worry what console they're on or what they're doing they can literally just pop into the game with me and play they even i mean just recently they released for the switch and I mean, right now they've announced that they're going to be working on a mobile version. So there's going to be a lot of people playing this game. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, right now uh, they just, this last major content patch, they uh, made a new mode called Escalation, which is basically like a survival mode, which some of you guys saw me playing. Um, and basically you have like four stages of uh, both single and uh, double behemoth fights and then culminating in a fighting in a fight with a dragon which they have a bunch of unlocks they have uh, a talent tree that's associated with that goat game mode uh and all this other stuff that they've added they also have the trials which is another in-game loop 
Um, that is the competitive format where basically you go in, you fight a souped up behemoth with a bunch of different modifiers and it's whoever can go the fastest. And then there's a leaderboard in the game that you can literally walk up to and see who's in the top three, who's in the top five, who's in the top 100. And then there's rewards that go along with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did try once to do escalation. I had some sort of weird bug where I couldn't like draw my weapon or do any sort of attacks. Um, the escalation mode, do you think that's a good up? Is that like a good direction for the game to keep going? Do you think the game in, in general is going in a good direction to keep people, uh, interested long-term, uh, for someone who's played it for three years? I mean, have there any been, has there been any red flags as of late, uh, to you? Well, um, I also guest star on another Dauntless podcast that is strictly just about the state of the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Escalation is a good way that they went because it gave them basically a sandbox to test new modifiers or new aspects of the game in. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure when the new Escalation that should be out in about a month and a half, the fire Escalation comes out, we'll probably see a whole bunch of new experiments with amps. We'll see a whole bunch of new experiments with modifiers. And honestly, for me, I hope they bring that stuff that's good that the community likes over to trials because one of my biggest complaints for trials and one of the big things of feedback i've given them is that you give all these modifiers that are literally just a negative towards the player to you know test your skill make it difficult mm -hmm. but in escalation like the lightning pools and stuff like that if you push the behemoth into it or stagger them into it or drag them into it they actually get hit by it so there's an element of counterplay that i think the game desperately needs more of um so, I mean, Escalation is a great way for them to test things out and implement it in other game loops or in-game content. So to keep it, you know, more lively and, and give them a chance to, to see what the community's reaction is to. And they've stated that they've kind of used Escalation as kind of that sandbox testing. Yeah. Um, now, Padre and Green, I know both of you guys have uh, played Dauntless. Uh, just kind of get some uh, of your guys' thoughts from you know your first perspectives we'll start with padre because i feel like padre has quite a bit to say well <clears throat> yeah i'm i'm personally loving this game myself you know whenever you you asked if uh, i'd be interested in playing it for a, a next to nothing night it was the game that was suggested and because of the cross-platform aspect of it and see so i i didn't know what the game was like pre uh, escalation and that's my favorite game mode to play right now i love hopping in escalation just because of the modifiers and, and then, like you said the more tactical aspect of it of being able to you know you got the bombs coming down that you can knock into a uh, certain beast you got the lightning pools and it's 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 real fun to be able to actually instead of just hack and slash you know get faster by being more methodical about it um Another thing uh, for me, and this this goes beyond uh, just the game itself, but the community that surrounds it in a uh, in a, the streamer circle has been nothing but helpful and uh, and very polite and kind. And I've never experienced that with another game's full community. I've yet to have a negative experience while streaming the game. So uh, so yeah, for me, I'm thoroughly enjoying the game, and I can't wait to get more into it. I've made some great friends so far playing it. All right, sorry about that. I had myself muted. I was gonna, I was just making some adjustments and didn't want to um, have my mouse clicking in the uh, audio. Uh, Green, you, I mean, you played a little bit with us. How are, I mean, what are your first impressions with it? Uh, um, just like well, I've only, I've only logged in. I would say it was about three hours of this game because mm -hmm. um, I had had originally downloaded it. I think last year, 
mm-hmm. uh, when it first came to, I think it, when it first dropped for Steam. Uh, or not Steam, uh, Epic? Epic? Epic, yeah. Because um, my friends were playing it a lot. Um, but when, when we played it for that short period of time, I mean, it, it seemed like a fun game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was very enjoyable. The gameplay was fun. I really enjoyed that hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to try, though, the uh, Escalation. Yeah. Um, so that's probably something I'd need to check out again. Yeah. Chainblade gang. Like I, I, like I said, I, I had an opportunity to try Escalation. It didn't work out for me. I had just a lot of other things that uh, I wanted to play at the time. Um, and I knew kind of by at that point that uh, Padre was going to have some thoughts on... on um, on Dauntless, and uh, then we figured out or found out that Aodan was going to be well, uh, be able to join us. Um, so I just kind of left it be at that point. So I don't have any real thoughts or opinions on escalation mode. Um, but kind of talk about like the monetization of of uh, Dauntless. Kind of where do they uh, where do they kind of get you in the monetization? What's their what's their uh, business model there? Do you, do you want them to kind of answer what they they've seen so far, or would you like me to just kind of? Uh, how about we have you uh, just lay it out, Aodan? I feel like you're probably the one that knows the best. Yeah. Um. Was... Actually, yeah. And I I've been one of the most vocal members of the community about how they monetize the game. Mm-hmm. Um, at the start, when before the hunt pass, they mainly just had skins and arrival emotes and banners and stuff like small customization, which was really good. It was mm-hmm. it was. It was a great way to like kind of expand your character. I mean, they were a little expensive, give or take. I mean, it's really a uh, personal view on whether or not it was a little expensive or not. Um, but they gave you like a full set, like it was a full full deal. Um, after that, uh, Ian, Cra- uh, Ian or Crash7800 uh, was the original community manager. He moved over into being the Hunt Pass mod- like uh, lead. So he was the lead behind the Hunt Pass, which mimicked much of what you see with Dota, uh, League of Legends, Warframe, or more specifically Fortnite. I hate mentioning that, but yeah. Um, so... Now they have the hunt pass. The first two hunt passes, you got 100% of it back when you completed it. Now, I would say every hunt pass except for maybe one, I think you get way more than the $10 that it costs to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So they started after season three, they started only giving you half of the plat you spend back. It's a thousand plat, which is about $10. um, And you got 500 plat back if you finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, even now they give you a lot more stuff than previous hunt passes and it seems every time they come out with the new hunt pass they've added more and more stuff to the hunt pass um, I definitely think they need to give more and more to the free pass because I think a lot of people enjoy that that may not have the money to buy premium passes but the premium passes I think you get way more than $10 worth um, other than that uh, they introduced patrol chests, which basically just doubles your uh, Arcstone is the main resource that you use to build your equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can double what you get out of that by using a patrol st- chest. You get them. Now, here's the thing. They did just like Warframe. So every day on a 24-hour timer, you can go and redeem a free redemption. That gives you ace chips, which helps with different aspects of the game. You get patrol chests. Um, you might get one or two cells. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things you get just from that free redemption. Um, and then also, like right now, they have the extended hunt pass. Uh, unfortunately, right now it's for the premium, but previously they had 
different events going on where you could earn extra plat if say you either had the the previous event item already or um you did certain things um i hope that they do more of that the community has definitely been vocal about them doing more uh events where you could earn at least a little bit of plat here and there but even if you just do the free pass you get 250 plat so eventually you will be able to afford uh hunt pass premium by by just playing the free pass uh, the only thing that has really bothered the community as far as monetization is um we adamantly wanted to never have to say that the game is, you know, pay to win. And it really isn't, even with what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they recently offered the Twin Suns, which is a Trials exclusive repeater. It's an exotic. So exotics in the game are alternate ways to play that weapon style. Okay. So they don't play just like all the other weapons. They play slightly different. They have modifiers to them. It's an interesting way to switch things up. The Twin Suns... Um, you only have to do normal uh, trials to get them. So it's not like you have to be able to do the hardest content in the game to do it. However, they offered it up on the store where you could just buy it straight out with cash. And I know both myself and many Dauntless partners that were very unhappy with that. Now, don't let that discourage anybody listening to play the game. All the exotics, except for one, are considered mediocre. They're not in-game gear that you must have in order to do any content. Um, The Twin Suns in particular are probably one of the lowest ones. So it's not like it hurts the power curve or it gives anybody the significant advantage by doing it. Mm. Um, So in that respect, I would say it's not pay to win, but it, it is paid power. You get something that you're supposed to unlock through something else. However, exotics you know are pretty easy to get the real exotic that you only need in the game if you're like a try hard like myself or you want to do speed running is tragic echo uh good luck with those shroud tails but uh it's it's managed pretty well i would say that the monetization's done well it's not uh invasive to anybody's play experience you do not have to spend a single dime on this game to even achieve what i've done in the game place top five in trials place top 100 in trials do speed runs compete in the speed run community you know or any other content that the game offers you do not need to spend a dime to do it and you can do it rather rather quick my big argument with a lot of people that try to claim dauntless is pay to win or that aspects of it is is I consider how much time does it take you as a as a free player to catch up to somebody who might buy a lot of premium stuff. Most of it's cosmetic, so that's not even a, an issue. But like, let's say they buy patrol chests. The patrol chests technically double your rate of Arcstone uh, acquisition, but if you can't do the hunt and if you can't do the hunt fast, you can actually outpace somebody buying premium if they're bad at the game Mm -hmm. to put it honestly so it's really well balanced you're not you're not at any disadvantage versus somebody who might you know what we call in the industry a whale somebody who spends a ton of money on uh premium purchases in a game there's no disadvantage whatsoever a whale i I like that term by the way (laughs) (laughs) weren't we just talking about whales last episode um well, I mean, we go every so often when we talk about whales, um, which I don't like. The <laughs> It's an industry term, but it's kind of a dirty term, too. <laughs> um, it's it's really what it is. is yeah. You know, I've even heard devs 
call it that. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's an industry term. Yeah, it's an industry term. And for those who don't know why they call those those uh, customers whales, it's because they're kind of like the great white whale. They're kind of the Moby Dick. You know, they're the they're the the customer that pays out the most and they're very rare. Um, that's kind of where that idea comes from. Um, when you go whaling, you know, it's kind of that idea. Um, so that's Dauntless. And let, do you guys have any other thoughts or opinions you want to share on Dauntless? I think Aodan has put out his, uh, his case for it. I think my case for it has always been, it's a free to play game. It's worth checking out because you're not going to spend anything on it. It's on basically everything and it's only going to get even more further distribution, which is nice. And it's cross-platform, so it's always nice for people who have friends on different systems from them to at least have that in their back pocket. But yeah, do you guys have any have any uh, thing you want to share on Dauntless? Any opinions or thoughts? I want to uh, recover the topic whenever Aodan coaches me to speedrunning status. <laughs> Report back. <laughs> when my, my thought with Dauntless is for it being a free-to-play game, mm-hmm. Is a very well put together free to play game. Mm-hmm. There should be no reason why you don't download this. Like, if you don't have space on your hard drive, make make space for your hard drive for this game. It, I mean, I only played it for three hours and I I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, real quick before we move on to different topics, uh, our friends over at Budget Arcade, they have done a Dauntless episode. They have also done, I believe, an interview with uh, one of the members of. Uh, one of the team members of Phoenix Labs. So uh, go on over to your favorite podcast platform, look up Budget Arcade, and uh, find uh, those episodes there so you can hear their thoughts and hear an interview with uh, one of the devs of the game. Um, anything else on Dauntless before we go on to our next topic? We good? I think so. Cool. Gucci. So, Aodan... You have gotten your hands on Temtem, correct? Uh, yes, I have. Would you mind sharing some thoughts on Temtem? Um, I grew up with like the original Pokemon, but I kind of fell off when they started just adding more and more. I kind of felt a little overwhelmed, kind of got out of the genre. Um, and then I heard about Temtem. And my first question about Temtem was, was it going to be cross crossplay and then they said yes we plan to make tim tim crossplay mm-hmm. i was like okay i could get into a, a monster collector a monster battle game and then the second thing that sold me on tim tim uh was that they're actually building the game from the ground up to have uh balanced competitive play in their mm-hmm. battles and i was like okay you know i've 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 seen the pro scene of pokemon a bit and and understand what their gripes are with the rng and aspects of that so i kind of asked the devs and asked in their discord you know what how how are you guys going to balance this how are you going to make this really actually competitive and and compete with like pokemon Mm -hmm. and i mean they've already done yeah, you can see right now, like they have already done a lot of customization. I'm sure there's a ton more that they'll add to the game. Um, and the way they plan to balance it is um, they're going to actually evaluate every single attack, how it gets modified in the game with stuff that they add. And they said that they're not afraid to go back and like fine tune things. Yeah. And just during the limited uh, amount of time I've played without 
trying to break NDA. Um, they've definitely gone back and revisited things, taken feedback from the, the community of like what they feel is, you know, a little bit too strong, a little bit too weak. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is they definitely have the approach where if it's really weak, they want to see what they can do to to make it viable, make it good. Yeah. So there's definitely not going to be Tim Tim that are just useless like you see in Pokemon where there's a lot of Pokemon that you're like, okay, I caught this, added it to my Pokedex, never going to touch it again. Yeah. So just real quick, uh, Temtem, it's a MMORPG uh, that's a monster collector similar to Pokemon. Um, it is being published by Humble, and then I think the studio is Crema, correct? Or the uh, developers are Crema, correct? Yes. Um, I've watched a little bit of gameplay from it. It's It entered early access today. I'm probably going to pick it up. Right now, I've been kind of watching the a lot of uh, people tweet about it. And uh, I've been following the official Twitter account uh, for Temtem. It seems like they're probably having some uh, they're having some server issues uh, uh, today, which I'm not entirely surprised by. Um, I was watching my friend Worldly play on Sunday, and he was having a, a lot of uh, server issues. So that might be one where maybe wait a little bit before you open it up if you've already bought it, or maybe um, wait a week or two to see how the server issues uh, get resolved. Um, before you uh, decide to hit that purchase. But yeah, so you, you said that they're doing like a lot of balancing. I mean, for like you mentioned Pokemon. I mean, competitive Pokemon is, excuse me, it's deep. I mean, over what? N- almost 800 characters in that game. And maybe 100 of them are viable <laughs> and competitive. Um so what's your been your experience with like the the actual combat and stuff um and and, like the capturing and like the movement and all the all that stuff um i mean um i i expect server issues on the first day it's like kind of released to the public Mm -hmm. um even in beta in alpha they had some issues here and there um and they're still vastly expanding the world not to mention the game is actually co-op as well online Mm -hmm. so you can play it uh co-op the entire way through the story you don't have to play it solo if you have like a good friend that you want to play with um combat's good um it's pretty quick um there's some improvements that they could do but overall i wouldn't say it's any worse than than pokemon Mm -hmm. um you mentioned the thing about how many characters Pokemon has, um, but to if you've reviewed the uh, Sword and Shield tournament rules, they're going to have a pick and draft system, hmm. and they're going to have preset teams where the teams will be banned as well. So that leaves you even fewer options to play hmm. competitively with. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I think if they did something like that with Tim Tim, that would go really well. But overall, like a lot of what I've seen in the game has been good. I, you know, for a fairly independent studio to come up with this is awesome. Not to mention almost all the Tim Tim you've seen in the game mm-hmm. actually came from the community. Mm. They gave the the art style or they like said, hey, we're looking for like a squid slash this thing. And then the community voted on like different uh sketches of it and then we got to uh do like name tournaments where people would submit names that they thought of and like kind of explain where they got the name from and a lot of the pokemon a lot of the tim tim are 
named after uh community posts and stuff so this is definitely a community built game yeah so combat real quick if i could go back to that is that is it like still an elemental system or do they have like a rock paper scissors system um how complex in in you know how effective moves are against different temtem you know how how mathy does it get um it can get mathy um there's they have pretty fluid dynamics when it comes to like effective and ineffective attacks Mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's a mixture so like they have digital uh, digital tim tim Mm -hmm. and digital has a few weaknesses and a few strengths it's not like um i mean now pokemon have like double types and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's like double types but in a single type so they don't go into having all these different double types of uh of tim tim it's more one type with its advantages and disadvantages Mm -hmm. um the combat system is very similar to pokemon so it's you know you get to pick four attacks they have a different turn system Mm -hmm. so like certain things you can do in your turn some things you have to wait until the end of your turn um but it's it's pretty diverse. I mean, the game is only in version zero point five, mm-hmm. so it has a lot to grow. Yeah. But as you can see, like there's stats, there's uh, min maxing for those stats. Mm-hmm. They have a very interesting um, breeding system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say much more on that because I don't know how much they've released about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you can see, you have SVs, TVs, and the big thing that they said, and what a lot of people probably get turned away from on pokemon as far as competitive play is that they plan to make svs and tvs actually fairly streamlined to get so you're not going to be grinding and grinding and grinding the same pokemon for hours a day just to get your svs or tvs up to the point that you Mm -hmm. want yeah because that's a thing in um pokemon i think up into the fifth generation i think they started changing some of the ivs evs uh, in the sixth generation, so it was easier and more visible for uh, players. But like IVs and EVs were invisible stats that like, oh, I have to go do, I have to raise my Dratini's special stat up to max. So now I got to go grind out in this one area where there's like ghastly or something, right? That like its special attack is higher than or is its effort value. And so I just have to go grind out ghastlies forever. Um, and I, and if I run into anything else, I have to run away. Um, so there, there is something similar to that here in Temtem, but it's going to be more visible kind of is, is what you're saying. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more visible or at least a, a little bit easier to read. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to be as visible as now with sword and shield. Once you beat the game, you get like this little reader that tells you exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think uh, Tim Tim plans to hide it as much, mm. and I don't think they plan to make it as grindy as Pokemon. Yeah, cool. Which I mean, Pokemon games, to their credit, have gotten less grindy as time has gone on. Um, they've made it a lot easier for people to, uh, to you know, like the EXP share spreads EXP across all Pokemon, not just one Pokemon that's holding it. Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of the experience is uh, boosted now as well, so it's a little easier to kind of get through some of those games. Um, unlike in <laughs> Pokemon Crystal or <laughs> something like that, where <laughs> it's a lot of grinding. I love that game, but um, 
yeah it's a lot of grinding uh padre you know you can uh chat with us here you don't need to post questions in chat that was a trivia question that wasn't just me actually asking oh okay <laughs> um any thoughts or opinions on temtem i'm looking forward to getting my hands on it um uh, yeah, that's basically all I got to say. I'm kind of, I think it's retailing for $35 American, um, and it's on Steam. Uh, I think it's just on PC right now, so we'll we'll see how that goes with it. But yeah, yeah it's on it's on PC and consoles. Uh, but right now, you have to like dictate which one and crossplay isn't in yet. Mm. But I expect they'll be adding that. Soon. Cool. Yeah. Anything else on Temtem? No, I have uh. I have no words. I would like to try it. I, I watched a good friend play it earlier today, and I was like, you know what? They, because it does kind of take you back to that original, like, more simplistic Pokemon style where you're not having to keep up with, like you said, 800 different Pokemon just for the collection's sake of it. So I'll be looking forward to trying it next month when I make the transition over to PC. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> what you mean, you mean you don't you didn't think ferrothorn was going to become an ou staple come on man that thing's got like toxic spikes and spikes your rapid spinners can't handle it i have no idea what you're talking about don't even get me started on the scar and bliss <laughs> you know teams all right look it, you know i want i if i want to be a, a tanky stall team i got to get that scar and bliss i got to get that you know I've got to put Sandstorm on my Skarmory and, like, the soft boil on my Blissey for support. You know, it's just a whole thing. I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there, Big Chief. <laughs> There's only 151 types of Pokemon. I literally, right. in, I mean, no, that's not right. But No, uh, that's that's true. It, it, I mean, it's scientific fact. There's only 151 Pokemon. I, I think right. you're missing about another 15 years of history there, friend. No, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. I don't, um. I don't. <clears throat> well, let's kind of get to the main event of the uh, show this this week. Um, Padre and Aodan, you guys attended Pack South. Kind of give us a recap of what you saw at Pack South. Oh, indie games on indie games on alcohol on indie games. It was, it, I, okay. So I have attended Pack South for so many one year and. The, just the significant difference in how um, much more low-key it was this year for me compared to last year was mind-boggling bo uh, mind because last year, you know, you had your eBay booth and your G Fuel booth and Resident Evil was there and uh, Devil May Cry and all This year, like, the biggest booth was Tiny uh, tiny Build, it felt like. Um, you know, Mixer still had their booth there, but it wasn't near as big, and I'm... Um, if I remember correctly, Discord didn't even actually have a booth. They just had like a small area set up upstairs. Um, but the indie games were, it was like a sea of them. And <laughs> as you know, as our regular listeners would know, um, that's my meat and potatoes right there. And so um, I'll get into some of those other games that I really enjoyed here in a minute. But I'm going to let, uh, let Aodan talk about some of the things he really enjoyed since he's the guest. <laughs> thanks um yeah i mean that's a pretty good recap was indie games alcohol indie games drinks indie games uh wash rinse repeat. i mean yeah there was friday i went on the floor so i i was actually working as an enforcer at pack south i was working the uh free play and tournaments for pc which oddly enough was located on the third level 
of uh, the event. So Friday, I didn't think people really knew we exist other than the people that were looking for free play. Mm. But um, it was interesting nonetheless that tournaments were off the hook. There was a lot of people watching. Uh, a lot of people new to PCs coming in and playing on PCs, which was really cool. Um but after I was done with that, I went to the short show floor, tried out a bunch of indie games, which is usually not my jam. I'm not usually looking, well, like the, the, the typical indie games I'm not typically looking for. And uh, there was a couple on there I was, I was actually impressed with. I was like, oh, this is, you know, pretty good. Because going to PAX South, the only game I, I was really tracking was the new tiny build game that is like Dark Souls in Space. That was the only game I was tracking when I got there. And then when I left, I had like three games on my list that I'm like, okay, I need to contact their their community managers and see if maybe I can I can get some time with these things. Uh, but it was it was fun. I actually did a ton of networking even <laughs> while I was working, um, which was funny. Uh, ended up making good, great friends with uh, some people at Red Bull. And that was a lot of fun that le- led to a lot of shenanigans for the after parties. <laughs> but uh, man, I, I, I liked PAX. It definitely was not my first experience with PAX. Um, I went in 2017 when Dauntless was there. And uh, that was like the biggest experience I had. That PAX was like a bunch of big, big names. Nintendo Switch was there with their big old booth and everything. And that was all cool. This year was a lot more low key. It was it was definitely the year of the indies. Mm-hmm. But the after parties were insane. I mean, we were out every night till two or three. And then I'd have to wake up at nine o'clock and go work. <laughs> And just the industry people that were involved, you know, I mean, you're meeting oh, yeah. at, at these things. You're, you're not just like mingling with other streamers or anything. I mean, you're talking to devs and you're talking to community managers for other organizations and product companies and everything. And you don't, you're not even realizing it at first until you're just like, by the way, my name is, you know, and, and they're like, oh yeah, I, I work for this company. Like, oh, I'm glad I didn't know that. Otherwise I would have been much more nervous when this conversation started. Yeah. I need another drink. <laughs> so... You know, you you mentioned indie games on indie games on alcohol on indie games. What uh, games did you did you check out? What games did you see? Um, yeah, I I was a big fan of, and some of y'all actually may remember this from last year's PAX recap that I was a part of before I was officially part of the show. Kung Fu Kickball came back, <laughs> but their uh, the the development studio wasn't there, but it was their publisher. And so we held an impromptu uh, Kung Fu kickball tournament. And it's actually, it was kind of cool. I mean, aside from the goofiness of me being all Kung Fu kickball, seeing how it actually developed between last year and this year. Because last year it was like just little sprites, you know, like little blockmen sprites that you played with. And this year they actually had them polished up and actual animated characters and everything. So it was really cool to see them kind of increase the production of the game. But another one that was on my radar... um, and it was me and uh, a friend named Viva Pinata. We went and played this game called Aeolus Tournament. And it's a very Mario Party-esque type game, minus the board. It's literally just you play the series of games, and whoever has the most points at the end wins. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'll kind of keep it short and talk about how uh, the shark is OP. That's all you got to know. <laughs> Whenever it's ready to come out, the shark is OP. <laughs> but... I have one more game that was really, really uh, high up there for me. Uh, 
as y'all know, I am also part of another show called Slappers Only with my buddy Jarrell. And we went and found a tabletop game called Mantis Falls. Now, Mantis Falls is a two to three player deception style game. What gets me is, you know, you think, okay, it's a deception style game. If you're not the bad guy, then you obviously think the other guy's the bad guy, but they have it set up to where you could both be the good guy or you, one of you could be the bad guy and you don't show your hand. And so you're automatically having to assume that you're working together unless you're the bad guy and you have to lie and deceive your way all the way through this town. Cause you, you, um, if you're one of the witnesses, you witnessed a murder mm-hmm. and you're trying to get to the police through the night. It's like 1940s, uh, in a town called Mantis Falls. And we were, we were talking to the developers of the game and how, there's this like tension that builds up as you're getting ready. Like, cause uh, they're actually an engaged couple that mm-hmm. made the game and it's on Kickstarter now. And they, it was, she was telling us the story of how she was the assassin and he didn't know he was, you know, he was under the impression that they were working cooperatively through the game. And he gets to a point where you have to try to pull the trigger. And if you do it at the right time, you're going to kill the witness and win the game. Mm-hmm. And she said her heart was beating out of her chest. She's like, he, he's not going to want to marry me after this, you know? And <laughs> I actually watched Jarrell play and it was so entertaining watching him. Cause I, I, I saw that he was a witness mm-hmm. and he, he had it in his mind that the guy he was playing against was the assassin because they did just like one small shady move, but it turned out they were both witnesses. They killed each other and both lost the game. Oh no! <laughs> it's, it's the, the art style on it's very like simplistic yet kind of like macabre. Like it looks like something you would see in an Edgar Allan Poe story. Like if, if you read an illustrated Edgar Allan Poe book, um, oh, speak of the devil. And it's just, it, it was such an intriguing game. We were given a review copy to take back to our hotel and stream, mm-hmm. but part two of PAX got in the way. We, we were out too late. <laughs> <laughs> So is Whoops. that something uh, people can look forward to at a later date, probably? Yes, the Kickstarter opens up in April. Mm-hmm. And if you follow me on any of my social media platforms, you will see me promote it because it's such such a good game that I am so excited to see it release and I want to see it succeed. I've never like just physically wanted to see a game succeed like this. Yeah. So Kickstarter, I believe, is April 1st. Keep an eye out. Mantis Falls. By so, Distant Rabbit Studios. Distant Rabbit Studios, awesome. So you said it's a, it's an in-person game. It's like a tabletop game. Yes, yes, so it is a tabletop game. How many pieces? Um, how many pieces comes in in it? Is it just like a little booklet? Is it like pamphlet, or do you have like actual game pieces that uh, you need? Okay, so it it comes in a box that's about I would say I don't know about maybe five inches by five inches by about maybe four inches deep. And it's, it's got cards, you know, it's got, it's a bunch of cards. It's got a couple of pieces with, uh, where you keep track of your damage and mm-hmm. you just use buttons to keep track of the damage. They wanted to keep cost low mm-hmm. March, March 31st, not April 3rd or 1st. My bad. Um, is when it, when it goes to Kickstarter, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's got the little game pieces that you keep track of. And then it's got cards that you keep in your hand and you play at certain times to try to, uh, you know, make sure you survive the night. And, uh, and there were a few other pieces that I ended up getting kind of distracted and going and saying hi to a friend and coming back and didn't even get to see what they meant. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, it's, you're not going to have like a whole bunch of pieces like Monopoly, mm-hmm. but there are a few pieces. It is, it is an, a, a semi um, complex game for as small of a package as it comes in, but they were trying to keep it in a small package. Um, 
little marketing strategy that they were telling me about was somebody told them if you're going to do a tabletop game, you want it in a big box. That way it catches the eye of the consumer. But they decided they wanted it to be in a small case because if they go into a convention like PAX, they want people to feel comfortable going ahead and buying it then and just taking it with them as opposed to, oh, well, it's a big game. I'll come back and buy it uh, at the end of the day. And then you forget. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that was kind of like their whole marketing strategy. It wasn't for sale there, but I did enter for a raffle to win a free copy. So y'all may see, y'all may see it get played on stream anyways, who knows? But mm. yeah, that's, it was honestly, as much as I love the video games, that was probably one of the highlights of it because I was in constant communication with the, the, uh, the company mm-hmm. that developed it. And it was just, mm so good so good when you're talking to them did they did they say they develop anything else or is this their first project this is uh it, when i was talking to them uh they were telling me that this is their first real go around because they they want to pour all their heart into it because they want to mm-hmm. they the, the main guy's name is adrian and he was telling me that his goal was as because he's a fan of music and he loves music that elicits emotion he wanted a game to do the same whether it be rage or happiness or suspense he wanted you to sit there and genuinely feel it as the emotions build up throughout and so that was a that they said that they have some other stuff that they're keeping hush hush right now that they're going to look towards the future but kind of all of their eggs are in this basket right now cool um Aodan, any games that you checked out or anything you want to talk about from uh, PAX in terms of the games? I'm, we'll let you guys uh, talk about some uh, party stories here. Uh, <laughs> um, the one game that impressed me the most, even more than the Tiny Build game, was uh, I think it was called Young Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like a co-op 2D Dark Souls kind of game with kind of an anime twist. The art style was beautiful. The combat was really uh, responsive. I was blown away by it. I was like, this is actually pretty good. I was like, so I, I that was the first, I kind of like went around and looked at a bunch of games and that was the first one. I was like, okay, this looks actually really, really fun to play. So I played it. And I was like, wow, this is actually really, really good. There's a lot for them to expand. And they told me that that's like only maybe 10% of the game, maybe even less. I was like, wow. They're like, yeah, there's a lot of systems we still want to add. There's a lot of things we still want to do. So I was really surprised. Um, And Everspace 2. I was actually disappointed in Everspace 2, not because of the game itself, but because... I told them, I was like, if this game had PvP, I would be so on it. So on it. Like, the gameplay was so crisp. I've never seen a spaceship game run as well as that. And I told them, I was like, hey guys, Everspace 3 maybe? You gotta put in PvP. Like, I would even be surprised if it became an esports game. Yeah. Oh, that looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um... I, I looked it up. Uh, Everspace 2 does look absolutely gorgeous. That's, and I'm glad that it runs well too because, oh yeah. yeah, with a game that has like so many like space effects, just seem to like suck up resources on a computer. So the fact that it runs well is is a good sign. Um, anything else on on uh, that you saw while you're there, Aodan? Um, 
uh i think a lot of the booths brawlhalla actually came out strong like mm. they had a huge booth with a lot of tournaments going on like they were doing community tournaments they had pro players that come up and play and then i mean me being an army guy i obviously stopped by the army esports booth and talked with those guys because i know a couple of them mm-hmm. um, and they had a great booth too they were giving away a bunch of free stuff if you could beat beat them so they had fighter games they had their fighter player there they had people across the spectrum of different games so like whatever game it was you could definitely go over there and and play against them maybe win some free stuff um and their main stage for the tournaments for like the Fortnite and overwatch tournaments was actually pretty cool houston outlaws were out there pretty strong too (laughs) rev is flashing his uh his gear houston outlaws i got my houston outlaws bracelet right uh mr greenley not to close you out of this conversation what do you have do you have questions or thoughts on anything that uh, these two gentlemen have talked about um i don't really have any questions uh it's more of a deep-seating amount of jealousy <laughs> um, just because i've, I've always just, wanted just to go wait to until like dream hack oh i've i've always wanted to go to like a convention like i've i've never been to um like any comic con or anime con or anything like that and it's something that like is on my bucket list like especially twitchcon mm-hmm. um so like to hear all these stories of having fun and watching all these or going to see all these these pieces that are a part of this giant cog in this convention is just mind-boggling and sounds like something i would i could die happy afterwards yeah just enjoying that. Now I will it's... let you know real quick that if you're going to go to TwitchCon, if money is a factor, don't bother attending the convention. Just go to the stuff afterwards because TwitchCon last year was not that great. I'll say it. <laughs> Cancel me if you will, but TwitchCon last year, the convention itself was okay at best. Artist Alley was the best part of the whole thing. Um, but the, all the stuff afterwards where you got to meet up with people and see not only your friends, but kind of like what we were talking about, meeting people from companies and everything that doesn't cost any extra. You can just stay in San Diego that weekend and go to those things. Mm-hmm. So I should, should we say right now? Cause I think I've said it on Twitter already. We are looking at attending a 2d con together. That's in Minneapolis. That's not too terribly far from us. And there is like an indie aisle there. They have uh, some indie showcases and, other stuff um so we i i am planning on going i think me and mr green are are planning on going together yeah. um but that's don't be like August. me take lots of pictures <laughs> take lots of pictures yeah. take lots of videos create content while you're there i said i was gonna do it and then i still ended up just retweeting pictures other people took of me saying hey that me yeah <laughs> um if you guys don't mind, kind of looking at the clock here, uh, we can take a quick break and then we can get back to your guys' after-party shenanigans. And then we have one new story that uh, we sh- should talk about. You guys uh, good for that? Yep. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, we'll run a break. We'll be back in two minutes. All right. And we're back. And I made sure to uh, unmute us this time. Uh, I forgot to mute us uh, <laughs> going into the break. And I apologize. Um, look at Padre there just chugging. Hydrate or dehydrate, boys. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's hear about some of your guys' PAX shenanigans real quick. Oh, oh. Where, where to start? 
<laughs> uh, just remember that the internet is forever. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I will disown all of you as fast as possible should I need it. <laughs> should the cloud um, no, I don't, too heavy? I don't think anything became too too crazy i mean even the first night before we even got to the con we met up with rev and it was a pretty crazy night we went to this little taco place and mexican food was great they had these awesome uh margaritas and i mean everybody everybody got a little slosh that night and uh, we were all really thirsty and uh we ordered them before our food got there We, uh, I, I, I had the chili relleno at Mi Tierra in Market Square in San Antonio. Shameless plug, hashtag not sponsored. So good. And they have one liter margaritas. One liter of margaritas. It was insanity. That is Which absolutely we, insane. It, it was so good, though. And yeah, without, I mean, I think we hung out literally every night uh, until I, I left on Sunday. And whoo, buddy. Um, for me, the Bonham Exchange was the party to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the main one. It it takes place at this. Uh, well, it's the Houston Gamers meetup. They're a L- LGBTQ uh, organization out of Houston, and the, the gamers they, being gamers. Yes, G A Y M E R S. Yes, and man, did they put on a party? They okay. So last year they they rented out the same bar, but they only got like part of it. Mm. And this year they got the whole thing. And so this bar has like a go-go dancer area with like a DDR mat and stuff like that in it. and Or not a mat, but like an actual full arcade game. They have a pub looking area. They have a full-blown dance club. They had an upstairs ballroom area that had indie games set up and then some Smash Brothers and Dragon Ball Fighters. And then where we mostly hung out, out in the... Uh, the patio where they were serving street tacos from a cart. Um, and they had like connect four and Jenga and all kinds of stuff set up out there. And Oh my Lord, we watched, um, a friend of ours from that. She works at kindly beast run through the competition on connect four. (laughs) <laughs> she she played no less than 40 games and lost two of them and one of the gentlemen that uh that beat her had the most spot on frieza laugh that you could hear echoing through all of san antonio <laughs> um with, i mean here was the funny part about that whole party people didn't realize why everybody was getting drunk so fast they were serving two dollar wells <laughs> and i had about everybody eight. Yeah, well, and, and they were serving doubles up as you ordered them. They were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have to walk up, order a whiskey Coke. It was like, they were like four bucks. And I was thinking, okay, that's normal for a whiskey Coke. No, they were serving up doubles. And so we're all getting just kind of sloshed. And then next thing you know, we're all trying to find a, a way out of there <laughs> and become a maze. And they had a DJ there that actually did um, did like remixes to actual gaming music. And they did the Pokemon mm-hmm. theme song. And I just so happened to stumble back inside during that portion. And it was so amazing watching all these people on this dance floor, just singing along the Pokemon theme song while it was, it was probably my favorite of all the parties. See, when you say the Pokemon theme song, my mind didn't go to the anime. My mind went into like the, that may, that may have actually been on there too, man. They were doing everything. They randomly started playing the black parade and did like a techno remix to it. 
they were like, man, they're really hitting all the nerd buttons tonight. That's but awesome. then the next night, the next night, uh, our ringleader Aoden here, I'll let him take the reins on explaining what happened <laughs> after the Wait, Twitch Texas meetup. Oh, the Twitch Texas meetup. So, um, while I was working as an enforcer, I, I ended up running into the Red Bull people and making friends with them and stuff. So, I mean, even let's back up because funny story, right before we went to Bonham exchange, we went to a esports league meetup thing where they were, they gave us like free drinks. So we already had a couple of drinks before we even showed up to Bonham. I forgot. <laughs> and, about that part. Uh, I actually won a hundred dollar gift card to GameStop, which was really awesome with revs ticket. Because he left early, gave us his tickets. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, you know, we had some food, we had some drinks, then we went over to Bonham. Well, right outside of Bonham, Red Bull had their little, uh, they had like this huge truck that the back opens up to being like a little like uh, arcade center. So they had like one TV set up with Rocket League, one set up with uh, Street Fighter. So I come over, I'm like, oh, hey, are you guys going to be going in? You know, um, the community, the the lead, Gil Frost, I, I was like, hey, you're going to go into the party? He's like, yeah, we'll go in a little bit. We're going to hang out here, you know, while the line starts forming and stuff like that. I was like, okay, true, true. And he starts talking smack about how he beats everybody in the car at Street Fighter. I was like, hey, I'll give it a go. He's like, yeah, we got Street Fighter right down here. I was like, okay, let's, 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 let's do this. <laughs> Whooped him. Whooped him hard. <laughs> <laughs> so then i got we got into the line we went into bonham man we we had so many drinks networked a ton met a bunch of cool people the dance floor was lit i was on the dance floor quite a bit you know doing my white boy dancing <laughs> and uh i ended up i don't even think i i left a little bit before they closed and i actually can't remember where the hell i ended up but <laughs> back on pace with uh after the twitch meetup uh i get i'm i'm getting like all these dms on twitter of like hey come to this there was like an emo night where it was a bunch of like emo bands and then there was um the gearbox party that that was moving on to like a dueling pianos area Mm -hmm. and then there was also um, the Latin X group, which is like uh, a group that tries to promote uh, Latin uh, persons in the gaming industry and stuff, which was really cool. Well, my Red Bull contact hit me up. He's like, hey, look, if you're looking for a place to go to come, come over here. He's like, the, the drinks are 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 great because they're infused with Red Bull. I was like, OK. <laughs> we'll just go, we'll go over there so i talked to rev I, I i gathered the crew we had like a crew of like almost 20 people at this time so crazy yeah we had this huge group just moving down the street like trying just to get to the next place yeah just a mob <laughs> and i'm cold so i'm like shivering and i'm like singing along uh making pancakes and stuff like that and we, we finally get to the point uh to the place it's like this it, it was actually a small place but it was actually like kind of maneuverable but they had like uh tekken set up in the back they had street fighter they had smash they had a whole bunch of games set up in the back so i show up with like my 20 20 person crew and i hit up Gilfrost, and he's like hey yeah you guys want some drinks he just starts handing out drink tokens to us so everybody's so getting good. drinks <laughs> and like they had some great drinks um and again 
some salsa music came on some other music came on i was white boy dancing on the floor um it was it was a lot of fun rev was chilling out in the back and we, we talked a bit and stuff and it was it everybody this was like probably two o'clock in the morning at this point already yeah yeah we it uh well, so the uh, the Twitch Texas meetup actually they started running us out of there at ten because it was only supposed to run seven to ten, and we probably spent a good forty five minutes trying to figure out what the next move was, and then we all kind of settled on the Latinx thing. And there was a there was a girl with us uh, that was from San Antonio, so she just like everybody over here, <laughs> and and she just led us on this like sauntering little journey across San Antonio for what felt like a mile straight to this bar and then and there we were and i will say i forgot to mention talking about the uh the bottom i i text aon and i was like hey you guys gonna are you still coming over here he goes oh yeah we're here i'm out here schooling the red bull guys at street fighter <laughs> before he ever walked in the door <laughs> uh, yeah i showed up a little late and uh i mean i did win a hundred dollar gift card but uh yeah i was i was schooling them outside of it and like bonham was crazy like we had our group and there was a whole bunch of other groups i actually met like eight esports contacts that now you know we talk and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's it was insane all the different people uh for those who may know badger was there tv badger he he's a great guy um he does a lot of stuff so, at ADGQ. He's a Terraria speedrunner, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah, he, yeah and you can always recognize was, him because he wears oh. a tall rainbow hat. It's like a big Dr. Seuss rainbow hat. It's magnificent. So pretty hard to miss. <laughs> Very oh, hard yeah. to miss. Very yeah. hard to miss. <laughs> it was uh I and and I will say I told everyone that I talked to on Friday that the bottom was gonna be the place to be. <laughs> and when all these messages started coming across Twitter of, oh, man, this party's not that great or this place isn't that great. I'm over here. We're having the time of our lives. I'm like, I I, I told y'all this is where you needed to be. <laughs> Sorry. I hit a thing. <laughs> but so it, excited. It was so. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited. It, but yes, it was you know, it, like the next day. They're like, man, I wish I would have came to that thing. And I had just this smug. I told you so. Look all day i try not to get that look but i know where the parties are at pax okay (laughs) Uh, it was like that uncle cracker song follow me yeah it was i mean we hung out we hung out every night and we hung out for most of the nights like my crew his crew and it was it was hilarious and fun we got into so much stuff great conversations lots of networking chicantery yeah (laughs) especially with all those drinks flowing. But I mean, oh, gosh. it was it was so much fun and even though I like didn't like after we got done with Latinx, me and the group that I was staying with, we went and got uh what was it, Denny's cuz we were trying to get to another restaurant, but it was like another mile. We were all freezing our asses off. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just go to Denny's. Let's just let's just do Denny's. <laughs> we went to Denny's and um the guy our server was like you guys are from pax right i was like yeah he's like yeah everything's 20 percent off for you guys i was like oh that's dope so i asked well what about military discount he's like that's another 10 percent off for you i was like okay <laughs> let me just order some food up that's fine and then like uh when we went to bonham 
I went in there, showed him my ID and it says veteran on it. And he's like, oh yeah, you go in for free. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I had to pay my cover charge. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was, it was insane. A lot of contacts were made. Um, a lot of free drinks, a lot of free drinks. And I'm sure TwitchCon will probably be the same. But um, out of the whole experience, like I'm not, I'm not like a big partner, so it was always funny when people are like, "Oh, do you do you stream?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And they go to my Twitch and they see I'm a partner, and they're like, "Oh, you're a partner." I was like, "Yeah." So <laughs> there was there was some there was some big egos there. I mean, mm-hmm. just like any any con you go to, there's going to be some some egos. But I mean, it was it was pretty chill. Everybody was really cool. But the after parties were definitely the highlight of the yeah. whole. There, there was a lot more humility at those you know people were a lot more you know laid back at those things you know and, and that's one thing i can say like different between twitchcon and pax is that there's something about these parties in texas that people leave the egos at the door mm-hmm. you know at, at the parties i mean yeah you're gonna have a couple you know of the hey i'm a big deal over here but for the most part you'll be sitting there talking to somebody that you i mean it's kind of a big deal you wouldn't even know it until towards the end of the conversation when you actually like trade business cards you look up and be like, oh i had no right talking to them what is going on here <laughs> uh real quick just a, a quick tangent uh we've been doing the show for about a year and a half a little bit over if we're going to count the first couple episodes which are not on this channel and you're our first partner that we've ever had we've had people who are close Ooh, popped who your in- partner cherry yeah, you pop the yes. partner cherry on the. Uh... <laughs> I can officially put Twitch partner in the metadata tags. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whenever you go to upload it, you can actually add yeah. that. Exactly. I can actually do that instead of just putting Twitch affiliate. Um, any other shenanigans or any other pack stories you guys want to share? Otherwise, we can go on to our. Um... Oh, well, I, I, I actually day for me. Yeah. Oh, Sunday. I didn't get a chance to recover. I was working the free play after getting back to the hotel at like five o'clock in the morning. I told, I told my, my friends, I was like, I'm not going in. I'm not going in. I'm not going in. I was like, crap. I need them to sign my time card. Otherwise I'm not going to get paid for this. So I went in, but, um, uh, while I was at the, um, at the Latin X, I accidentally ended up dancing with the partner manager for Spanish speakers on Twitch. Mm. And then um, the Red Bull one was was an interesting story. So we, I was working the, uh, helping with the BYOC part of the free play. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty dead right now. You guys can just go down to the loading bay and kind of help people load. Well, so we're helping me and another guy who's a Navy vet or like helping people load and offload their computers and bring it into the con. And then we hit this dead spot and they're like, yeah, we're going to close this up in like 30 minutes an hour. I'm like, okay. Well, then Red Bull just like pops up and they're like, yeah, guys, this is last minute. And they bring like, you know, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of, of Red Bull in. They're like, yeah, we're going to just give it for free on the floor. We finally got approval for this, blah, blah, blah. And they were just like super chill. And that's how we ended up like getting to know them and stuff. It was super fun. And then they were like constantly uh, tweeting me like, hey, go here, or go do this, or mm-hmm. this is free or go see this on the, the floor. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I think the most embarrassing story I had. Um, I crop dusted a dance floor. 
<laughs> but I was too drunk to not admit that it was me. It, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> I I met I met this other guy and it was totally chilled. Like you know how you were saying about egos. I met this other guy and my friend kind of told me that he was like a partner. I didn't think he was like that big or like a big deal or anything. And we met him. Super chill. Super chill guy. I was like, oh, okay, you know, hey, whatever. When I got home, I finally looked him up. I was like, holy shit. Like, this guy's like the full-time streaming partner makes a living off of this shit. I was like, and then I saw, I was like, he's only freaking 20. I was like, damn, dude, you're killing it. If I'm going to, if I could name drop, was it Smirky by chance? Yeah. Because it was oh, I, lo I love smirky i he was after, super chill every uh, after everybody left uh after everybody left the red bull party i was he had just got to show up so i sat and talked to him for like an hour and a half i've known him for a while now he's such a good kid love that guy he's actually from the uh, the well the same area that you're from <laughs> yeah yeah my my buddy cody was telling me that we need to hang out i was like yeah sure yeah uh, any other shenanigans that we want to talk about, or uh, do we want to move on to our one kind of news story slash discussion here? Oh, let, let's attack there's this There's no videos. Yeah, no videos of my white boy dancing out there. At, at least that I, that you know. <laughs> I, of. I stayed hoodied up the whole time, so nobody could really see me. I was just like, if I if I started dancing, nobody would know it's me. They would just be like, "What is that mysterious purple blob out there?" <laughs> Looks kind of like Grimace from, from behind. <laughs> Grimace has really grown a beard. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was right there. <laughs> it, it, it's, it is. It's been, you got this hoodie uh, for free, though, so bam. Okay, so we do have some news coming out of the UK. Um, the mental health director of England's National Health Service has put out a report on loot boxes claiming that they push young people into, quote, under-the-radar gambling. Uh, so this would be someone who is at a comparable level to, in the United States, somebody like the um, general surgeon, or maybe like a little bit below, but certainly somebody of consequence. This is probably not somebody you want putting out a negative report on your industry or on your hobby. Um, so they put out that uh, put out that statement. Um, I want to kind of read some quotes, get you guys' takes, some thoughts, um, some opinions on these quotes, um, and kind of go from there. So here is the first quote I'm going to read out to you guys, and then we're going to go. We'll go Green, Padre, and then Aodan uh, for your guys' uh, takes on it. Um, quote, Frank, and this is uh, from her, frankly, no company should be setting kids up for addiction by teaching them to gamble on the content of these loot boxes. No firm should sell to children loot box games with this element of chance. So, yes, those sales should end. Uh, Green. Uh, well, I, I, in personal preference, I, I don't agree with loot boxes and, and I've always stated this while on the show that I, I don't like the fact that loot boxes are a thing. Mm -hmm. um, do I think they actually contribute to gambling, like a gambling addiction down, uh, down the down the line when you progress in age? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Does it desensitize? Um, that that is my push. Is that I could see it desensitizing people to gambling itself. Um, cause back, like when I was a kid, I wouldn't know what a slot machine was. And now 
any kid can see see that in movies and video games and stuff like that and it's just it it's really opened up a broader spectrum of what kids are introduced to mm-hmm. but i i mean it, kids have been playing shooting games for years now and you know no kid's been gung-ho about going crazy with a machine gun on on a regular mm-hmm. so that's just my take on that yeah uh padre that quote and if you guys need me to reread the quote again let me know yeah no um so i i think it's obviously a mixed bag i think you know you have you have people with different mentalities growing up so some people could probably become uh like he said desensitized to it but also at the same time it could also come from a place of if say these kids are getting these loot boxes and they're constantly getting like good stuff out of them then they might be more apt to try out at least gambling on a you know on a real like casino level scale or online gambling scale um because i know for myself i actually ended up developing a gambling addiction right when i turned 18 because i hit a jackpot on my 18th birthday Mm -hmm. and so i i i had it in my mind that wow that was easy you know so if i had gone in there and just lost everything i had and walked out i probably wouldn't have had the same issues but there are some people that just don't have addictive personalities you know some people can pick up a cigarette try it a few times and be like nah not for me put it away and then some people become massively addicted addicted Mm -hmm. to it that also being said i think uh it could also teach kids certain ones at a young age that you know it's you're taking this risk and that's up to you to take it you know and my experience with loot boxes, I would probably be apt to not gamble because of the trash I've gotten from them from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think it could become very circumstantial either way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't believe that maybe you should ban the whole thing. Maybe make it like a, you know, make sure there's like a certain amount of, um, you know, good to bad ratio on it or something to make it a little less addicting. I don't know. Um but I think a lot of it, you, uh, I'll as a parent, I, I say this a lot. A lot of it lies in the hands of the parents. Are they buying the loot boxes for the kids? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if you can't trust your parents to to not buy these things for the kids, then you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, Eodan, your opinion. Um, a lot of people don't know, but I'm very financially independent. And I have zero debt. plan to stay that way um other than maybe purchasing a house but i I believe when it comes to anything that has to do with money it's all a personal choice of how you spend it how you go about using it how you make it Mm. and like rev said like it's up to the parents like the kids don't just randomly have a credit card or randomly have a debit card unless they stole it um to to go and buy this stuff it's usually the parents enabling this am i a fan of loot boxes not really i think the best loot box system that i've seen is is overwatch like you could literally just earn everything in the game eventually if you just play enough you don't have to buy loot boxes um but you know there are games that are heavy loot boxes like some battle front games or uh star wars games um Mm -hmm. but you know you choose to play that game i don't think them selling that is making it addictive like 
if you as an adult or you as a kid are going to get addicted to that loot box system and it's it's an unfair advantage you should realize it and if it's if you can't realize it you know let's say they're too young the parents should definitely realize it by now and be like no i shouldn't be buying that i shouldn't be teaching them that i shouldn't you know parents are the example makers they are the people that set the example if I had a kid and I saw my kid doing something I didn't want them to do, I would tell them until they're up to the age of 18, then they can make their own uh, dumb decisions. But, you know, that's the parents act as a buffer, as a shield. And I don't think just because a kid who's, who's going to have an addictive uh, aspect to them, regardless of what it is, whether it's bubble gum, whether it's video games, whether they're going to get addicted to something, that's just what kids do. They, if they really enjoy something, they get addicted. They have a lot more free time than us adults with full-time jobs and stuff to like actually sit there and feed the addiction. Um, it's the parents responsibility to stop that. If, if it's really an issue, I don't think a company should be punished for it. And if the company is really having like a bad loot box system, like we saw with star Wars battlefront, mm-hmm. don't play it. Don't support the game. Don't buy into it. Simple as that. That's the power of money. It's like, if they're not going to buy it, which is what happened, they had to change the system. So, I mean, eh, to go as far as to say that like loot boxes should just completely be good gone away i think is ridiculous i i did agree there was an article a long time ago with like overwatch where they said that you got to state the rates Mm -hmm. okay i agree with that you know if you're going to make a loot box system and people want to know the rates you should disclose that to them simple as that Mm -hmm. um but i mean you can go to a casino and you're not going to know the rates of your winning you know one out of a million one out of a hundred they tell you sometimes on the machines oh you might have a one in 80th chance to win but you know that any addiction or addictive behavior is is an issue period because it's become more than just a casual use it's the parents responsibility to kick that in the butt and especially as a kid especially when it comes to spending money that's the perfect chance to teach the kid how to manage their money well with something that they can relate to and for me i feel like that's a missed opportunity and instead of blaming the developers or blaming the way that they go about microtransactions that should be a teachable moment by the parent okay so i feel like i'm what's that i'm sorry go ahead oh uh so i feel like i'm gonna be kind of the contrarian here where we've talked about it uh on the show before where in my opinion loot boxes loot boxes are only not considered gambling by the technical definition that most laws in most countries operate that there's not a payout and in some cases that's actually false there are payouts for some systems csgo is one of the basic biggest examples with one of the biggest scandals probably in um in influencer in the influencer industry being the t martin and syndicate issue where they were paying people to not disclose that they were getting paid to play <laughs> on the csgo lottos um and really that's the only saving grace that the loot box system has to where it, to say that it's not technically gambling that a lot of these systems are just insular there's no there's no cash out system um and we've talked about it before but we and we can talk about the semantics and the technicalities until we're blue in the face but to me the psychological underpinnings are there that it is 
you know, incredibly similar to gambling. It is a risk and reward system built on that there's going to be more risk than there is reward. Um, kind of to Green's point, and someone actually has said this on the uh, on the on the podcast before, and I and I very much disagree with it. You know, the idea that we should stay consistent in that violent video games don't cause violent behavior, but then we then we can't say that gambling in video games creates gambling behavior when it is actual actual resources being put on the line that is gambling in much of a sense it might not be legally gambling but it's still psychologically gambling and so violent video games isn't actual violence being you know we aren't actually committing the violent acts but we are actually gambling so i think it's kind of an apples and oranges situation psychologically speaking so to me if it if it psychologically functions as gambling and actual risk is being there with money then it should be at least regulated or legislated in such a way that it's consistent for that music for that municipality <clears throat> excuse me now how you enforce that is an entirely different question that's where we start getting into parenting right where it's like yeah don't give your kid your credit card or just have your credit card connected to their xbox live account Right. That's and that's where we start getting into that. But I kind of contrarian, like I said, uh, to the panel we have here, I still think very psychologically it is gambling. Um, And that's going to be one of those things that, you know, people people will have, you know, looking at we'll look at it from a different side, depending on, you know, depending on personal preference on it, because, yeah, like I said, I'm a a believer in the fact that it it can be very uh, circumstantial, depending on that certain person's mentality. But I. I'm seeing something here along the lines of, you know, it's like maybe take the loot boxes out of games that are rated E for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe introduce the ones that are cosmetic only and have no monetary value, like the ones in Overwatch, you know, maybe those could be acceptable in like a rated T for teen game. But if you're going to do legitimate loot boxes, those have to be, you know, way, you know, in that way it falls on the parents entirely because they would be in like the rated M for mature games because that that's an adult's choice to make just like it would be for an adult to walk into a casino. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how people would feel about that, but I, I think maybe if you took the loot boxes out of games that kids are getting their hands on and playing, you know, do something more like a battle pass where if you're going to earn it, you know exactly at what point you're going to earn it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe, maybe something along those lines. Yeah. So I have a quick question for you. Uh, me and Mr. Green live in a state in which it, it the legal gambling age is 21. Um, you know, Minnesota, the legal gambling age is 18. Rev, you mentioned uh, that you went out to a casino when you turned 18. So I'm assuming, was that Oklahoma? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma is 18. And of course, what we're talking about is the UK, but different countries, different municipalities, different you know jurisdictions have different requirements. Uh, for legal gambling age mm-hmm. how do we get around that right because if we're going to you know talk about like it as gambling or uh, induces a gambling like behavior um or we do bring it under the umbrella of gambling how do we enforce that i mean do game devs have to like start tracing ips and just be like if you you know according to the information you put on your account you and your ip you can or cannot uh access this feature or make this purchase um i think that for me personally that starts kind of borderline 
teetering on invasion of privacy to a certain degree. Um, I like that's why I'm I'm in, you know in like the whole thing with possibly restricting them to rated M for mature games because over you know over in those other uh, other areas they are you know what is it uh, like Peggy eighteen or Peggy yeah. sixteen or um, and so there's still age requirements to purchase these certain games and they usually fall in line with say R rated E T or M. Mm-hmm. So I I believe that maybe that could be uh, could be a um, a way to just track that the way it does I mean it becomes the parents' responsibility at that point it's like I know it, it'd be hard to enforce to keep the parents from buying these games for their kids but then at that point it also becomes the parents are going to have to put their credit card on file for these kids to purchase these things et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. and so well, you're gonna I mean... have to go through many steps for for a kid to be able to purchase these if you limited monetary loot boxes to those games mm-hmm. I, i've seen working i i worked target for a very short period of time during black friday and i saw kids as young as 12 buying t-rated games and mature rated games with you know money that they got cutting a lawn and stuff like that and uh, it's hard i think it's right i think I think Rev is on to something where like it has to be mature and higher to to have a loot box system in it. I don't think E for everyone game should have a loot box system in it that is not at least um, more fair, mm-hmm. like Overwatch, um, and where you can't resale. The big thing with like CS:GO is that there's a lot of loot boxing and addictiveness because the payout is so huge like you could sell a skin for a thousand dollars by putting just five dollars into into some random loot boxes and i think that's that's the issue that you have um with that but i think what's the scarier part is uh free-to-play games free-to-play games whether it's mature teen etc um like like I keep saying along with Rev is it's up to the parents to monitor their kids. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly have no sympathy for parents that complain about their kids having these addictive uh, habits or playing all these, you know, cause mobile games are probably by far the worst. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're playing mobile games all the time on their parents' phone or on a tablet, et cetera, et cetera. The, the parents have every ability to stop that or to limit it or to say, no, you can't play this game and uninstall it and block it. Um, but I think free to play games like Fortnite, you know, imagine if Fortnite actually had a loot box system, <laughs> how devastating that would be. I think that would bring a lot, uh, a lot to the table if that was the case, but you know, they just, they decided to do monetization through the hunt pass and just buying skins directly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't resell the skins unless you get like a code from them or something like that. But, you know, even then I've seen kids sell Fortnite accounts that have, you know, elusive skins or skins people want. There's always ways to make money or to make a payout regardless of what RNG system a developer picks, whether it's a closed one, like overwatch, like I could go sell my overwatch account for a good chunk of money Mm-hmm. Because I have skins, uh, you know, a ton of skins that I got for free. It, there's always a payout system, and it, it's you know, with the kids and the internet and everything nowadays, it's literally impossible to stop. Yeah. Well, so it really is mobile. just yeah, it's just active monitoring by parents. Like if yeah. your kid is not 18, 
you should be monitoring their stuff. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that trust in your kid, if you're really worried about that, that's something you should evaluate in your parenting because you're setting that example for your kid. Um, That's the big hot hot ticket thing, though, is uh, that everyone, everyone, instead of uh, stating that it should be on the parents and uh, like uh, politicians and, and, and all the all these people who don't really understand the concept of loot boxes and stuff like that, and they're just willy nilly willing to say it's it's these game developers are horrible for putting these loot boxes in. They're not looking at the fact that these parents are enabling their children to to play these games. Mm-hmm. There it, it and there's so many other topics that are exactly the same. They they don't look at where the actual root cause is or the root enabler is and they're going straight to the source it's yeah you know, uh, just like alcohol companies gun manufacturers uh, uh games that have uh high rates of violence in it instead of saying the well why did you buy this for your eight-year-old child instead of doing that they're going to the game developers and saying hey you shouldn't be making this violent game because it makes the it rots the kids' brains. While the the parent went to the store and, and bought this rated M for mature Grand, Th- it's like Grand Theft Auto was the he- biggest one. Mm. They bought Grand Theft Auto. I've got Grand Theft Auto when I was fourteen, thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it didn't make me violent, but my parents enabled me to get that game. Like, I, that's the biggest thing that I've had issues with. There's all these people pointing their fingers in the wrong direction. And it's not just gambling or violent video games. It's everything else. They they never look for the root cause. They just want to point their finger at what they want to point their finger at. It's kind of like a regulations over responsibility thing. They, they want to, it, when it comes to you, you speak about politicians doing it. They want to be able to, they can control the regulations on the market better than they can control the responsibility of a parent. Absolutely. It's, they want I, something and, tangible. I won't go too far into it to avoid a bunch of political stuff, but I, I firmly <laughs> do believe that is that, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it's just easier for the government to regulate what a company can do as opposed to the government stepping in and saying, Hey, you can't do that. It's more effective for them yeah. because there's ways to track it, but nobody, you know, it's hard for them to track how many parents are going out and buying, like you said, grand theft auto for their, you know, 12, 13 year old kid even though the words are grand theft auto it's i mean the title of the game is a crime <laughs> with 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 guns on the the the, the cover of the game and surly russian <laughs> gentlemen exactly it's <laughs> it's something tangible that they can actually point to and control so and, let me let me just pose this to you guys right uh we you know, you guys can think about explaining video games to your parents, right? Or just mm-hmm. computers in general. Um, what about, I mean, what about parents who aren't sophisticated with technology, who don't understand how the, uh, like on mobile apps, we, we can talk about uh, mobile apps and how they essentially trick you some or try to trick you into making purchases with like stupid buttons and, you know, popping it up every five minutes, trying to get you to accidentally hit yes, make a purchase, you know, stuff like Raid that. Shadow Legends. Yeah. Raid Shadow Legends is a good example where it just, when you open it up, you get blasted with five windows and then you get blasted about every once every 15 minutes, it seems like. 
Right. And so well, someone who doesn't understand that that is a thing, parents who aren't sophisticated with technology, who don't understand the mechanics that are in not mecha gaming mechanics, but the mechanics that work here inside the apps, how do we deal with that? I mean, is that just your SOL? I mean, do we start laying down maybe well, regulations on game developers who, you know, predate on those people or what? I personally so think the I'm, mobile. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm against regulation. I don't think there needs to be it's it's just like cigarettes. You can put regulations like you should be 18 to buy this blah 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 blah. I mean even in the army now they're they're saying in in the US they're thinking about raising the age to 21, which you know it is what it is. I don't think anybody should be smoking period and it, there's obviously health issues and people claim there's health issues for games. But when you have a warning label, when you have a rating, when you have so much that goes on and tells you, hey, if you're a 12 year old, you probably shouldn't be playing this or you probably shouldn't be trying to buy this or you shouldn't be owning this or you shouldn't be smoking that cigarette at 12. You know, you could say, well, you know, the parent's not that great at phones and stuff. Then why is the why is the parent giving the phone to the kid? If they don't know how to monitor it, if they don't know how to use it, why are they giving it to the kid? There's a difference between making technology accessible to, to children so that they can do homework, so that they can do other things. And then there's you're giving them that phone or tablet because you don't want to deal with your kid because you want, you know, whatever's point of solace that you need some time away from them, which every parent, I'm, you know, needs. I need that time away from my dog sometimes. It's you know, it, it's a lot, but there is such a thing as lazy parenting. And I feel that most parents that, that, that speak the loudest, that scream the loudest about this stuff are the lazy ones that don't put in the time and effort to really curate what their, their kids are getting into. Because let's, let's look at this. This is a great example. Uh, Echo Fox. Echo Fox was created by Rick Fox and his son. His son was big into gaming Rick Fox wasn't really big into gaming. He got into gaming so that he could bond with his con with his son, and then they ended up opening up an esports organization, one of the most successful we've ever seen. You know, it's about being an active parent in your kid's life. And while I think some stuff is obviously predatory and should be moderated, I don't think it should be regulated. Moderated, but not regulated. So like adding a like because on mobile apps, I mean, you could easily say it's not difficult even in today's age for older people who are a little more out of touch of, with technology to set up a parental block. And these mobile games have the same system where you have to physically go in there as a parent and unlock for them to be able to purchase this app or, or even download a free app as it would be to say, you know, go and just download a youtube video or something you know it's like they they can still set up parental blocks the same way it's like you have to put your debit card information in to download certain games or the register at the store asks you are you over the age of 17 or accompanied by an adult that way that responsibility still does lie on the parents because that he's he's not wrong in the slightest when he talks about lazy parenting i see it a lot amongst my friends who are also parents because we spend a lot of time around you know we we take our kids to go play with other kids and you know, we'll go over to a friend's house and their kid will just be sitting on a tablet with YouTube having free reign to do whatever they want with it. And, you know, and next thing you know, they're over on some kind of video that's like a parody of uh, SpongeBob shooting, getting shot by Squidward. It, I, I, I've seen it happen. 
there has to, if there's going to be any regulation, it has to be done by the parents. You know, it's like, I mean, I know regulations, though, obviously not the probably choice word to use for it, but there are ways for parents to do that. And if they're, I mean, if they care enough to keep their kids from doing this stuff, even if they're not technologically savvy, they will ask someone, Hey, how can yeah, I do ask this? or learn? I mean, there's, yeah, I, I that's what YouTube ex YouTube is out there. I bet you, if you Google on YouTube, how to set parental controls for like Apple store or Google store, there'll be a video on it of exactly step-by-step -step how to do it. You could probably even type in the phone or tablet and they'll tell you how to. So, I mean, yeah. I've, information is so accessible both to parents and kids that I, I feel like there's really no excuse to be so out of touch where you can't curate or moderate what yeah, you're, as long as what you care you can get that information and you can get it easily you know like if you go up to the guy at the apple store or at t-mobile at or at&t and you say hey i'm getting this kids or getting this so my kid can contact me if they're out with their friend and need me to come get them they can say hey can you show me how to set a parental lock on here where you have to have a passcode to even download any apps i mean yeah that's how that's how my tablet was set up because we got a free tablet with our uh, our deal and we downloaded some little children's learning games for my kid you know little you know match the colors match the letters you know stuff like that but even i mean we had it set to where even to download those kind of things we had to have a password so they couldn't do it themselves and i think that if, if a parent cares enough it could still be within their responsibility to make sure that their kids don't get in touch with these things now can a, it, the problem with the mobile industry you'll see in a lot of like facebook ads and youtube ads and we've talked about this probably a dozen times is how misleading these ads can be so the kid could probably come show the parent you know oh look it's just a little goofy game about a little guy swinging a sword no blood nothing like that and then you download it and then people are getting melted in lava and there's blood all over the place and stuff and i think that's where i think that's where maybe some uh some reports need to be made. I think companies need oh. to take more responsibility in looking into reports. Mobile, uh, mobile games are the worst of that. It's the like, hardest one. You'll see commercials for a game, and then you go and download the game, and it's nothing like the commercial. Right. As that almost, I've seen like I play AFK Arena. When mm -hmm. I see the commercials of like actual like ARPG style play, I'm like, that's not what the game's about. There's none of that in this game, you know, and it's it's ridiculous. Um, I definitely think some some moderation needs to be done on mobile games and how they uh, do their advertisement. Like, there's obviously misleading and in, in slander, and I think the mobile arena is very bad. I mean, only if it's like a famous game like Brawl Stars or Clash Royale or something are the commercials actually accurate of what the game is. Right, because they make a they make a game worth advertising to that. Yeah degree and yeah that's there's already laws in place against false advertising so i mean yeah. maybe there just needs to just to be some reconfiguring slapped with to, it yeah well yeah to get like to get brought up to modern times because you know yeah it's it's really easy to say well the game is technically about this it's like yeah but you misled these kids downloading a violent game tricked the parents tricked this you know what what have you a big issue is is not every developer is in the states right like the ftc can only enforce things that can only and can only slap fines on organizations that are in the United States. You know, whatever the equivalent of the FTC or the FCC is in, um, which actually I guess in in terms of advertising would just be the FTC. Um, whatever the equivalent is in the EU or in Asia, you know, they have to do that individually. 
Um, so that's that's part of the difficulty, and really, I think it's more incumbent on the uh, stores. It's it's more incumbent on Apple and on Google to make sure that the games that are on there are as advertised. Um, and I actually kind of wrote this down in my notes. I would love to see them like have an actual kids section that bans um in-game purchases if this app has in-game purchases in it sorry it's not a kid's game um can't be in the kids section that's actually what i would like to see yeah or even like the watch an ad spin a wheel type of deal you know like it 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 is so much more difficult but watch an ad uh kind of thing depending on how they get that ad information because that's probably a targeted ad would violate Mm -hmm. kappa yeah oh yeah that's right yeah that's that was that was like a big thing coming into this year i believe right well that that was was like the big it was the big topic that was youtube illegally collecting data on children under 13 years old and then realizing they got they fucked up taking a bunch of shit from the ftc and then Mm -hmm. shitting on creators (laughs) yeah they they just slapped that is this intended for children on it but yeah it's i i I like what you're talking about though like making sure that the that these stores like the google play store the apple store um because phone companies actually do a pretty good job of making sure that it's actually kind of difficult to download a third-party apk you know like Mm -hmm. you, you have to go through settings and all that stuff to change all that and so for them to make sure that they could put forward you know maybe I don't know, maybe have it set to where your kid or somebody has has to actually watch a trailer for what the gameplay looks like before, or like on Xbox, when you go to download a game, it automatically pops the trailer up on there before you can cycle through and download the game. Mm-hmm. And so something like that, where you actually have to physically see what this game is like before you hit that button. So that way, if it isn't an accurate, accurate representation, you go ahead and say, nah, this isn't it. Yeah. There, there's a lot of things that that could be fixed on it. It's just it's going to take some some effort. Yeah, by so, some people who aren't seventy. Yeah, I'm. So I'm looking at our our time here. So I want to get one last statement from each of you on on this uh, particular topic, and then we can go on ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, Green, any any final statements you want to add? No, that's. I mean, just use uh, purchase passwords. Uh, parents should really step up their game. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Padre. Practice safe at purchasing. Wear protection. <laughs> uh, Aodan. Uh, I mean, get familiar with tech. You're living in an age where tech is rapidly growing and there's so much accessibility, especially as your kid gets older. You got to stay up on it. I mean, if my grandma can learn how to use a cell phone and FaceTime me and stuff, I'm sure a parent at this age could definitely cool um anything else guys before we wrap up the show uh green i saw you post something on our discord um yes <sighs> joe biden's a creep yeah, joe biden is a creep <laughs> it's not the, uh, so it's the, not the game devs it's joe biden <laughs> yeah so the article uh says joe biden calls game devs little creeps for uh, who who make games that teach kids how to kill which um, so that's a topic for another episode. Yeah, that's a topic for another episode, which as a Democrat... But it's fresh. <laughs> just like, why? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's Joe Biden. I well, mean... It's Joe Biden. I'm, I'm curious how Joe Biden learned how to touch women. But that's... Yeah, that's, that's... well, sniff hair. Sniff hair. 
Sniff. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Get the, get the, I'm, a, I'm a pro and, at that. By the, by yeah. the way, I'm a pro. I'm a pro at hair sniffing. Hair sniffing. Do you remember me sniffing your hair, Aiden, at the parties? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh shit! It's I'm not a pro. Right up in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was a pro. Damn. Maybe I'm not. Um, I feel like Aiden uh, like uses like Irish Spring. I bet that's what he. Uh, and I bet I his hair Irish smells spring. like Irish Spring. Irish Spring is so nice though. Like the sense. Am I right? Aiden looks a little surprised. Did I guess it? Nah, I mean, <laughs> I've tried Irish Spring. That stuff does not I, like me. But I, I use Irish uh, Spring, but I use bar soap, like a like an old man. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I use bar soap too. Bar soap gang. The dove, the dove men. Plus moisturizer stuff. So uh, we'll be looking for that bar soap uh, endorsement here very soon. <laughs> sponsored um, by Irish Springs. <laughs> sponsored by Irish Spring. All right, uh, Aodan, for anyone who joined us halfway through or maybe missed it before, tell us uh, what all you do and where people can find it. Um, I'm Aodan. I'm a currently a Dauntless speedrunner, but I am looking to speedrun more games. Uh, I'm a Twitch partner, uh, Discord partner, and uh, you can find all my stuff over at streamerlinks.com slash Aodin. Um, do game reviews. I test new games as long as I'm not under NDA, so you'll catch that on my streams sometimes. Um, and other than that, for uh, Rev can speak to this, I'm extremely friendly in person and very active on Twitter. Uh, so friendly, he'll let you sniff his hair. <laughs> and make you feel like you were just, a pro at it. Just let me stick my nose right there in that in that scalp. Um, take a sniff. Just take a sniff. Take a sniff. Uh, Green Elite, what's coming up on your channel? Um, well, I've been hooked on Apex Legends uh, for a while. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You are in some kind of weird loop. I'm we'll with we'll it. just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> just leave it. Okay. <laughs> That's the remix. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I've been hooked up on uh, Apex. Aiden's stuck too. So, uh, but yeah, I've been hooked on some Apex. So I'm still playing Destiny too. Um, I'm just trying to figure out some games to come up with next. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at this. I, I keep uh, looking up, and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> about to be professional um, i don't know what, oh, what discord is doing but it's, it's great I gotta, um, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on twitch twitter uh, instagram um padre what's coming up on your channel hello i uh i'm actually going to be doing another run through of after party with the game where you try to out drink the devil um because apparently it can be uh it can have you, know, you have out, uh, alternate outcomes, so I'm going to be starting that on Thursday uh, on my comeback stream because I haven't streamed since Pack South yet. And you can find me at Twitch.tv/slash RevSpin. You can find me at Twitter or Instagram at RevSpinTV. And you can find me watching you from your lawn <laughs> and not glitching in a Discord call. Right. Uh, let's see coming up on my channel I believe tomorrow I'll be playing Apex uh, I'll be checking out Temtem at some point I don't know if I'll be playing it on stream but I'll be looking uh, looking at it pretty hard probably purchase it and, and check it out um, 
I do. I did just recently hit 500 followers on Twitch. Um, and I'm also coming up on my two year stream anniversary. So I will be doing a special here sometime soon. I think what I'm going to be doing is probably another 12 hour stream. And instead of doing, um, pizza, uh, like I did last time, I think I'm going to make cookies and decorate cookies, uh, in, in the put adorn my friends faces on some cookies, um, for my, uh, 12 hour stream. Um, other than that, probably not a whole hell of a lot going on with my channel. Uh, let's see, wrapping things up, be sure to follow everyone here on their individual Twitch channels, um, and make sure you find their social media accounts and, uh, keep up with them there. If you guys joined us live on Twitch, we appreciate you being here. Uh, there's a lot of important things going on, so the fact that you guys are here means a lot to me. Um, you guys could be watching uh, the news right now and uh, just getting sad, but you're here uh, talking about video games and getting sad with us. Um, if you guys uh, miss any part of the show, you can watch uh, the VOD on YouTube or you can watch it here on my Twitch channel. Um, <laughs> the glitch sped up. I, I've been laughing for a solid five minutes. I don't know what the hell is going on with this Discord call. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> you guys can find the podcast on Twitch uh, and YouTube. You guys can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Swoot, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you like what you like what we do here and want to support us leave a rating and a review on the podcast of your choice you can also tell your friends and tweet out the link about <laughs> link to our feed uh thanks for listening and have a wonderful rest of your he's going so fast speed <laughs> <laughs> run all right guys. until next week goodbye we appreciate you listening to the show and if you like what you heard tell a friend about what we do